Come on, can you lift your hands, holy hands all across this building? I feel the presence of the Lord in this house this morning. I feel the presence of the Lord in this house this morning. Whatever you need, lift your hands and ask God for it. He's willing to give it today. adoration this morning first Peter 1 16 says this for it is written be holy because I am holy and that's God's instruction to you today Now, you're not going to be able to do that on your own, but through the blood of Jesus Christ, we can walk in that. And I'm going to tell you today that Jesus is coming back for a pure and a spotless bride without blemish. So the call today, when we say, Lord, you are holy we're not singing that to him, but, you know, we, he knows that. But it reminds me, when I know how holy he is, it reminds me that my righteousness is as filth, filthy rags. And it, the closer I get to God, the more that I realize that myself needs to burn away. And as I come into his presence, and when I go into his presence, the flesh has to die. I'm going to show you something here. I love this song because it's taken right out of Scripture. Isaiah chapter 6, it says this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of His robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, they covered their face. With two they covered their feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now listen, I know there's a lot of bad going on, and I know it seems like impossible. But the earth is full of His glory. It's full of His glory. Come on, can we just love on the Lord? Can we lift our voice to say, today and say, God, you are holy. God, you are holy. God, may my flesh melt away, God, as I seek you, as I run to you, God. God, may my desires die. You are holy, Lord. Come on, sing it out. Sing it out. Come on, church. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. You are. Come on, sing it out. You are holy, Lord. You are 
Drop the music. Come on, lift your voice. You are. Come on, sing it, church. Let the church sing it. Come on, sing it out. Your voice, come on, singing, holy, holy, oh, you are holy, oh, Lord, holy, holy, Lord of all. Yes, Lord, we sing. say, God, we seek your face. Lord, those who have a need today, those who are struggling, God, in their heart, those who may be dealing with sickness, those who may be watching from home, Lord, those who are dealing with depression, anxiety, fear, God, those who are struggling in their marriage, maybe in their families, God, those who are struggling, maybe, God, with job, God, maybe they're not, not making enough ends meet. God, in this season, Lord, at this time, Lord, we know that you're a gracious God that loves us. So, God, we bring our petitions to you today, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would touch the sick and the afflicted, Lord, those who are struggling, those that are in the hospital, those that are home today, God, I pray that divine healing would begin to flow and healing virtue would flow right where they're at. God, I believe that our faith can move mountains. So, God, right now, God, will you touch people in the hospital bed? Lord, will you touch people, Lord, in their hearts today that are dealing with depression and anxiety and fear? God, will the overwhelming peace of the Holy Spirit begin to flow over them right now? Lord, those who are struggling in relationships, God, and in their marriage, God, I pray for wholeness to be made. God, I pray that reconciliation, Lord, would be brought. God, that healing, Lord, would begin to flow in that relationship again. God, I pray for those, Lord, who might be dealing with a loss of job or, or not making enough money. God, I pray, Lord, that you would be their provider. You are Jehovah Jireh, Lord. You are our provider, Lord. God, I pray for each and every need today, God, in each and every situation. 
God, but most of all, the thing that I pray today, God, is if someone doesn't know you this morning, God, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would draw them to you. God, that your Holy Spirit would, would come down like the hounds of heaven and begin to call out the prodigals. Parents that are praying for their kids right now, I pray, God, that the Holy Spirit would grab them right where they're at right now and begin to just minister to them. Lord, we honor you. We thank you today for your goodness and for your grace. Holy are you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. I feel his presence in the house today. Come on, one more time. Can you lift your hands in this house? Begin to give him adoration and praise because he's worthy. Not because you need something, but because he's worthy. Worthy are you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that prophetic word today. We honor you, Jesus. We give you praise and adoration. Glory be to your name, Lord. Glory be to your name. You know, when, when you're in the, these moments, sometimes you don't, don't know what to do because God's doing something. God is churning hearts. God is moving in hearts this morning. There's a sweet presence of the Lord in the house today. And I want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus, as I prayed earlier, I, I want to encourage you to know him today. It's the best decision you'll ever make. I promise you, I promise you, I've made a lot of decisions, many dumb ones, a few good ones. But the best decision I ever made was when I accepted Jesus Christ into my life. And he became my Lord and Savior. And not only uh, did, did, did he just come into my life, but I have a relationship with him each and every day. I, I commune with him. I talk to him. And I grow with him. And he helps me. And he leads me along the way. Is life perfect? No, it's not perfect. But let me tell you what. When it gets rough, he grabs me by the hand. And he carries me. He pulls me through. And I'm so glad that I serve a God. And that I have a God who loves me so much that he is with me. Amen. Come on and give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Amen. You may be seated today. I, I just, I tell you what. Whew. 
it ought to be pretty easy to speak today. I just feel the turning of the Holy Spirit in my heart in each and every direction. I want to say if you're a guest with us today, welcome today. We're so glad that you're here and we're honored to have you in the house today. And uh, it's our privilege to have you here. And if there's anything that, that we can do for you, uh, let us know. Um, I, there is a, they're going to talk about this at the end of service, but I'll just go ahead and tell you there's a card at, in the back of the chair. And if you'll fill that out and turn that in, we want to make contact with you. We don't want to spam you. We don't want to bother you, but we just want to let you know that we care about you. And, and uh, we want you to find a home and, and a church home. And so uh, we just want to say thank you for coming today. And if you're uh, home, folks, let's give all our guests today a warm welcome. I, uh, today is, uh, we labeled it Vision Sunday, and I'm so glad that God showed up. I hope I can do this today, because I'm, I am a wreck up here right now. I, I, you'll find out that I am, when it comes to the presence of God, I'm, I'm the biggest baby in the house. As I was praying, a lot of first for me, this, we've been here five months now. I was talking to Tristan, five months, almost half a year. So I think that makes us Indianians. Is that how you say it? In, in, I don't know. Is that what it is? <laughs> is that right? We've, we've dealt with one snowstorm and we had to cancel church. So that makes me one of you guys at this point, right? And... Uh, As I began to just prepare for this day, and I just prayed back at November and the beginning of December, I just said, God, what, what is the direction that you would have for us as a church body? And a lot of firsts for me, and if you don't know me, and if it's your first time here, I, I've been here five months. This is the first time I've ever been a pastor. I've served in, in, in roles underneath, and so that's, that's a first for me, but this is the first time that I've ever cast vision and um, matter of fact someone caught me last night and they said you were, you were at the church really late last night I said I was I said I was just trying to get my thoughts together and my heart together I just wanted to be clear and concise and today to be totally transparent I went in and uh, they they pray for me every Sunday morning the prayer team and when I went there I was just transparent I said will you just pray that what I say today is not me but it comes straight from God Will you just pray that what I what I am laying before us is is not my own words, but they're but they're the Lord's words because my words are in vain. God's words are eternal. There's the difference. And I can get up here and I can say a lot of things, and I I, I think there's a I could probably you know encourage you and all this good stuff because of giftings. But I could tell you this. The difference between gifting and, and, and an eternal word from God is the eternal word will change you and move you forward into a new realm. Encouragement, you'll leave here feeling good, but and I believe God does that too. But listen, I, I want to tell you, the, the words that I want to speak today, I think, are going to propel us and they're going to push us forward as a church. Our goal, our goal is, is not to remain in the same you know, I'm not saying we're going to move our church, but to remain in the same place, okay? 
if you're, if you're in the same place you were at the beginning in 2020, I, I'm, I'm to take a little correction here. It's time to grow up. It's time to grow up spiritually, and you, you need to be making strides. But as I prayed in early December and late November, I was asking God, and I felt like God had given me a word. And uh, I really prayed on this one word, and I just felt like God just kind of shifted away from that word. I Originally, I thought that he had given me that word. But after I kind of laid prayer to it, I felt like that it was me. And so, uh, as I prayed, I just, I asked God, I said, God, what, what would you have for us? And I didn't even know what that would be. And as I prayed, yeah. sought him the words that he gave me were, were real simple and I, I just thought oh Lord it, it can't be that easy and honestly you know I, I challenge God do you challenge God I do that in my heart I'm like God it couldn't be that easy that you want me to just say these simple things but the word that, the word that I felt like God gave me for 2021 for Cornerstone is simply this make room make room everyone look at your neighbor say make room now, if you go in our foyer, you'll see something that's on the wall. And I think it's important that you have the vision of our church and uh, on, on the wall. Because, you know, in Habakkuk, it talks about you have the vision, you know, write it down. You know why we write it down? So we'll remember it. God knows that if we just think it or we just say it, that we'll forget it. But if you write it, and that might be a good point, you know, a, a way to grow from 2020 to 2021, if you're in the same place, start journaling. Start writing things down. Those dreams that God's given you, write it down. Put it on paper because you're not just saying it, but you're actually putting it to practice. And you look at that and you can go back, okay, this is what God's given me. But our church vision, if you read it out there in the foyer, it says this. We see Cornerstone as a dynamic, spirit-filled community church. I want you to look at this next part. Numbering in the... Numbering in the... Now, we're not there. But we can be there. And now we're not doing it for numbers sake, but we're doing it because, you know what? The fields are ripe. And the fields are white. And God's looking for workers to go work the fields. All right. Numbering in the thousands, impacting our city, southern Indiana, and the world throughout leadership development and church planning. Now what we need to understand about, that's our church vision, okay? Everyone with me? A vision is great. Uh, a vision is this. I'll give you an example. A vision is simply this. Hey, I'm going to build a house. That's a vision, right? When you, when you want to build a house, you say, I'm going to build a house. Now, the, the, uh, you'll see this also in our foyer, which is our mission. Now, a mission is a little bit more detailed. It gives the, the how-tos on, on how we're going to build the house. We know we're going to build the house. But, you know, to build a house, you got to build a foundation. you got to build walls. you got to put electric in. you got to put a roof on. you got to... You know, all those things are part of building a house, right? So our mission, this is how we're going to do that. This is how we're going to achieve this. Our, our, our vision is to introduce people to Jesus Christ. 
That's what we're called to do. Number one, look at this. See them filled with the Holy Spirit. Disciple them to a Christ-like maturity and to equip them for the ministry and life mission. So knowing that, when I thought about this, these two words, make room, and I asked God, I said, God, can you, can you just direct me? Can you just show me in Scripture where that, where that works? Lord, will you help me out? I felt like God gave me this right here, uh, the book of Isaiah, the 54th chapter. says this, O childless woman, you who have never given birth, Break into loud and joyful song, O Jerusalem. You have never been in labor. For the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband, says the Lord. Look at this, verse 2. Look at this, verse 2. Enlarge your house. Build an addition. Spread out your home. Spare no expense. For you will soon be, what? Bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. Now, I know this scripture is written to the nation Israel. I know it's written over Jerusalem specifically. And, uh, and it's a prophecy to them over growth and expansion. And there's a sequence to these chapters, if you, if you look at these chapters. Isaiah 53 talks about uh, Jesus coming. It, it is really the Mount Everest, I mean, of, if you, of prophetic words. It's probably one of the most prophetic uh, uh, chapters in the Bible. I mean, a lot of people will go back to Isaiah 53. But going from 53, talking about Jesus, I, Isaiah 54 talks about uh, Jerusalem, and it talks about Israel. And it talks about preparing for growth. And then verse uh, chapter 55 talks about the inclusion of the Gentiles. So you got Jesus. Then you have the prophetic word to the Jews. And then chapter 55 says, oh yeah, while you're expanding, the Gentiles are going to be added under there. Now, if you don't know what a Gentile is, just point your finger like this and say, I'm a Gentile. All right? <laughs> And this chapter talks to Israel to prepare itself for growth and to Jerusalem and to make room, to expand its tent stakes out, to enlarge its territories, to prepare itself. And I ask God to reveal this to me in simple terms that even I can understand because, you know, if I can understand it, hopefully you can understand it, but maybe not. And I want to get just kind of give you the, the vision. I'm going to give you a little bit of the, of the mission, but I'm going, to, I'm going to focus on the vision, the big picture here. The big picture for us this year is to make room. One thing I know about God is if we, if we prepare our hearts, if we prepare our house, and if we make room for him, he'll show up. If we prepare our house for the lost, He'll call them to come. If we prepare our church for the hurting, he'll compel them to come. And what I'm saying here 
in 2021 for Cornerstone, when I say the term make room, there's a couple of things I, I want you to look at. Number one, make room in your heart. Number one, but ask God to help your thinking too. Because as we grow and as we push to a new place, guess what? When we go to uncharted uncharted territories, we're going to deal with things that we've never dealt with before. We're going to have growing pains. And now you say, oh, TJ, are we going into a building program? You know what? I hope not because I'm scared to death of it, truthfully. I see a lot of pastors go through a lot of pain during, during, during you know, expansion. But it, I, I, I will tell you this. I'm not afraid of it. I, if God wills and God opens that door, we will step through that door. But like, can I tell you this? We have to be stewards of what God has given us now before he takes us there. And that includes me. That includes our staff. That includes uh, you. It includes everybody. You are a member or a person of this church. You attend this church. That includes you. And I love that. And I believe, and I'm going to give you just seven quick things. And I shared this with our staff, and I shared this with the board this week. In, in 2021, I believe God is saying to our church that we need to make room as a church. And, and, and you can write these down if you want. And I, I, I will be probably just speaking on these over the next few weeks. Number one is this, make room for the lost. What does that mean? I, and I said this a couple Wednesday nights ago at our, our study of James. This church is a hospital. It's not a club. Now, I know that's not comfortable. And that, but, but let me tell you something. If someone comes in this church, they don't look like you. They don't smell like you. They don't vote like you. You know what I say? Good. We got to make room for the lost. You know, my heart is this, and I've shared a little bit of this in conversation. Is is this? I I want to see people like Jesus sees people. My nature is to see them at where they're at, but Jesus looks at people and he says, I, I see them where they're at, but I see also where they could be. And as a church, if we start seeing people not here, but where they could be, and, and God, let me see them through your lens, God will begin to open the doors. And, and as we make room for people, we make room for the loss, and we make it about loving people. And I know we do a good job with that. I, I, I'm not saying we're not doing a good job with that, but I'm just saying we got to continue to make room for the lost. Everyone say make room for the lost. Number two right here, make room to serve. Oh, man, everyone just got a little nervous. Some of you got nervous when I said that. Make room to serve. Can I tell you as a church, my hope is that we be the hands and feet of Jesus You're probably here because somebody was the hands and feet of Jesus. And <clears throat> the best servant that I know was Jesus Christ. He could lead, but he also served in a great capacity. He washed his disciples' feet. I told that to the board the other day, and I said, if you guys think I'm going to get down and wash your feet, you got another thing coming. I'm just kidding. If God told me to do it, I would do it. 
but we have to make room to serve. And that means, you know what, finding, finding holes, finding capacities to, to fill holes in the church and saying, well, I'm not talented. Maybe I, 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 can't, I can't get up and speak in front of people. But you know what you can do? You can greet people at the back door. Or you can make a meal for somebody. Or maybe, maybe you're not gifted in any way, but maybe God's blessed you with, with, with money, disposable income. And if he has, God bless you. You know what? Use that for the good of the kingdom. Make room to serve. Number three, make room to lead. Everyone say, make room to lead. And I believe that we're called to lead. And I believe our church, or should we say it, God's church, can lead in morality. Oh, how many knows that the world needs a, a church that's moral? Amen. We can lead in morality. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm not saying that we're so holy that we look down on people, but I'm just saying we're leading with our hearts, with integrity, doing the right thing, even when it's not popular, and, 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 and just leading in morality. Number two, leading in charity. You know, the church exists to help the hurting. And I believe that as a church, we can grow in that area. We can get better. I'm not saying we're doing bad. I'm just saying we, we've got room for growth. And if we admit, hey, God, we need to make room to be better at that, guess what? That opens the door for us, for God to give us that. What about this? Make room to lead through grace and mercy. I love that. I don't know. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for grace and mercy. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Here's another one, number four, make room to follow. I don't know about you, I, I don't know if you could feel it in my heart, but I want to follow hard after God. And all that I do, I, I, I don't want there to be a doubt in anybody's mind that when they say, hey, Pastor TJ, that guy loves God. I don't want there to be any doubt in your mind that when people see me, they're like, there's no doubt that he loves God. And I think I want the same for you. And I want you to be that, that person that follows hard after God. And What about this? I want to follow the leading of the Spirit in my life. And today I think we put that into practice. Today. I, I'm blown away because God just kind of made room today. Just so cool how he does things. And I, I, didn't, I was over there just bawling like a baby during worship because I just felt the presence of God. And make room to follow his plan, his will. And here's what I need, and this is what God, we need, is just to have the faith to step into that plan and step into that will of God, okay? As a church, you say, well, what is that, TJ? Well, I want you to pray with me about that. Say, God, lead and guide us so we know 100% this is the direction that you're taking us. Number five, make room for change. Oh, no, now you're talking, TJ. You're talking about change. What are we going to change around here? What's going to happen next? What are we going to be doing? Hold on. Calm down. Change is hard sometimes, but change is necessary. How many have went to the doctor and the doctor said, hey, it's time to change your diet. Because you're not 16 anymore and you probably shouldn't be eating fast food every other day. And if you keep eating that way, guess what? room for change 
change uh, from growth as a church will require some changes and processes. Things may not always look the way that they've always looked, but can I tell you this, that if we are following God's will through process and, and following His plan, it will work. Bottom line, it will work. Change is hard, but often necessary to get to the next level. Number six, make room for unexpected opportunities. I love this one. I want to be the church that when people see people in our church in the grocery store, they're like, you go to that church, can you pray with me right now? That you're like, yes, let's do it right here, right now. And people are looking, going by, going, what in the world is going on right there? That's loving people. That's an unexpected opportunity to pray for somebody. And that we're so discerning of what the Holy Spirit's doing that even in the grocery store, in between the celery and the carrots, we can see someone's need. I think that's awesome. And so unexpected opportunities are going to happen. We have to be sincere to the Spirit of God as we make room for Him to minister through us. I don't know about you, that's not an easy task for me sometimes. It's like, have you, has God ever told you to go up to someone in the store and say, hey, uh, uh, you know, we tell this person this. And then you're like, I'm not telling that person that. They're going to think I'm crazy if I tell them that. Like, and I usually throw my fleece out like, God, if, if a crow flies in here to rural king and then it's got a piece of bread in its mouth and it's, then if, you, if that comes through here, then I'll go tell that person, right? That's, I'm just being honest. I'm being real. That's, the, that's my mentality. I know there, there's not going to be a crow in the middle of a rural king, so I'm just trying to make it impossible for God, right? <clears throat> make room for unexpected opportunities, number one. In our services, like today. What an unexpected, well, I, I guess we should have been expecting the presence of God, but what an expectation of God. But be ready for the unexpected to happen in our services and in our events. Number seven, make room for growth. I like that one. I have a 14-year-old boy, and he just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing. If he keeps growing, we're going to have to buy him a new bed. Growth in God in our lives comes from making room from him. And I'm going to talk about that in just a little bit. But number one, growth personally. God, I, I need to grow. And everyone, you need to grow. You need to grow. We all need to grow. We haven't arrived. As, as we walk this journey with Jesus, we're constantly just getting closer to him. And as we get closer to him, we're, we're constantly growing. And, and well, none of us will ever arrive until we get to heaven. And then, then we'll be made, you know, fully glorified, okay? So as long as you're here on this earth, if you're not growing, you're stagnant. Can I, can I encourage you? Grow. What does that mean? You know what? Pick up this word. Begin to read it. I don't know where to read. Grab, grab the book of John. Start there. John chapter 1. Learn about the love of Jesus Christ. When you're done with that, go left. Go to Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then continue to learn about who Jesus was. Read his word. Spend time with him in prayer. Praise and worship. What about this? Growth in your family. Are you saying, TJ, we should have babies? No, I'm not saying that's your choice. That's your personal choice. 
in your family. But I'm just saying growth in your family. Look at how can I grow in my relationships with my kids? How can I grow in relationships with my parents? How can I grow in relationship with my aunts and my uncles? And how can I be the love of Christ and growth in that? And growth in people, I tell you what, there's nothing more rewarding than watching people understand their purpose and start to walk out their purpose in front of you. And you've got to be a small part of it. It's, it's amazing to watch. Growth in ministry, and I believe that God is calling us in, in all the ministries that we have. And I believe we have some outstanding ministries in this church, but we're going to grow in those ministries. And they're going to create uh, a harvest and growth in calling. And ultimately, whatever it looks like for us, we have to make room as a church. I want to say make room. And as believers. And if we do, I believe God will see us as good stewards and open the windows of heaven and begin to overflow us with the lost, with baptisms, with deliverances, with, with uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit, with His Word, with chances to serve. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And all I say is, God, use me. And I already told God, I already put out my fleece and for you, and I said, God, use Cornerstone, use us. And so you're like, oh, man, you already put me under that. You might as well just get on the ship. Let's go together, right? If not, we'll just drag you along, right? Can you do this today? As a congregation, will you, will you join me today? Will you stand to your feet? If you can. And I don't want you to do this for my sake, but I want you to do this for the Lord's sake because I believe God is calling us to a higher place. And I, believe, and I am grateful for the foundation that has been laid before us and that we are where we're at because of those who have been behind us. But let me tell you something. We stand on the shoulders of giants, but God is propelling us and God is taking us to a place that we've never been. So I had you stand today. To come into agreement with me and say, hey, as a believer and as a person of this church and a member of this church or an attendee of this church, that in 2021, I'm ready for God to do the miraculous in me and in this house. And if you believe that today, can you just lift your hands towards heaven? Ha. Lord, we surrender our will to yours. God, we're imperfect people, but you love us. God, you use imperfect people to turn the world upside down. God, and I believe going into 2021, it's not by might, not by power, but it's by your spirit, says the Lord. God, and we just lean into you like we've never leaned into you. God, we ask for direction. God, we ask for correction. And God, will you just open the windows of heaven over Cornerstone? God, would you make this place a hospital for the lost? God, would you make this place a hospital for those who need delivered? God, would you make this place a hospital for those who are hurting? What a responsibility you've given us as believers. 
And God, we step into that today. God, we, we don't just say it, but Lord, we step into it by faith. And we say, God, the best is yet to come in your mighty name we pray come on can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise in the house <laughs> yes Lord yes Lord come on come on let's give him adoration let's give him adoration today worthy are you Lord worthy are you Lord worthy are you Lord Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, make room. Hey, man, you may be seated today. I just, I tell you what. Whew. I just feel the presence of the Lord in this place. and I'm not going to keep you long today. I'm, I, I do have a sermon. Who will give me five minutes? Give me five, one, five, ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty, forty. Okay, so we got here. We go. I'm gonna speak to you today on make room. Make room. How many love new things? I like new things. I, I tell you what, I love the smell of a new car. I don't like the payment, but I like the smell of a new car. When you get into a new car and. It smells so good. What about when you get a new computer or a, a solo? What about when you get a new guitar? You, you've got to yank that thing out and get that thing right dialed in and playing it. And what about if you get a, a new tool? Maybe you're a tool guy. I like tools. I'm not good at them, but I, I like them. <laughs> Can you be good at tools? I don't know what that means even. Or maybe you, got, you get a new appliance. Some of you may get excited about washers and dryers. I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's pretty cool. It's like, oh, how's this thing work? But if you're like me, when you get a package from Amazon and you barely make it from the, from the mailbox to the house before you got to, like, crack it open to see exactly what your wife bought, that's where it usually is with us. But, but I have to know. And when I get something, and if you know me very well, uh, when I open, I, when I get something, I just got to open it. I don't know why. It may not even be mine. Sometimes I have to open it. You know, we get a box here at the church. I'm like, oh, it's Sam's Club box. Sweet. We got toilet paper. Woohoo! And uh, our relationship with God is made new each and every day. And uh, Jesus said, Larry, you're doing an awesome job back there. Will you just stay right there for me? Come on, give him a hand. He's, he's killing it back there. I... Uh, Jesus said this, give us this day our daily bread. And scripture tells us about the new, and I'll give you a few scriptures. And I'm going to try to fly through this. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, uh, the new has come. I don't know about you, but when you come to know Christ, the old has passed away. Thank God I'm not who I was. I'm not exactly where I want to be, but thank God I'm not there anymore. I am here. Amen. Isaiah 43, 19 says this, and I, uh, this came up on my feed from five years ago. I hope whoever that was, they're okay. Um, Isaiah 43, 19 says this, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. I like this part. Do you not perceive it? God's doing a new thing. Do, do, 
Are you catching it? Do you see it? Do you not perceive it? I love that. And I will make a way in the wilderness and the rivers in the desert. Some of you have been praying about some things for a long time and you feel like you're in a wilderness and you feel like you're in the desert. But can I tell you, God is walking with you hand in hand and he is leading you and he is making a way where there seems to be no way. All right. Lamentations 3, 22 through 24 says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. I like what he says behind that. They are new every morning. And then he turns around and says, great is your faithfulness. <laughs> Lord, your mercies are new every morning. And you're faithful, God, each and every day. Here's your mercy again. Thank goodness. When you get up in the morning, instead of worrying and getting upset because your coffee machine didn't kick on or whatever, getting mad at your kids, you ought to say, hey, God, get up. You know what? While your wife or spouse is still asleep, get up and say, praise God and freak them out. Your mercies are renewed each and every morning, Lord. You're faithful again, right? 24 says, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. It's safe to say God is into new things. He's into making the old pass away and making it new. And I love that about God. I don't know about you. I, I truly do. I love that about God is he takes bad things and makes them good. He takes old things and makes them new. That's just the nature of God. He changes the old man <laughs> and makes them new. Whew, I just, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just kind of a big old crybaby today. The key to being new is to, to make room for him. You know, a few weeks ago, when we moved into our, our house, our bedroom in our house is not as big as our bedroom in our house in California was. And so, and what I've learned when you live somewhere, you built, you buy furniture according to where you live. Right? So you got a, if you got a bigger room, you buy furniture according to what your room size is. Or if you got extra, you know, living room, then you buy, or you, you know, you get furniture and you fill it up. Well, in the process of everybody helping us move, and I think it was Matt who helped us set up our bed in our room. And was it you? I don't know. I'm going to blame it on Matt. He's just an easy target, so let's just blame it on Matt today. But we set up our bed and our bed frame and, and my wife's. Uh, chest of drawers, and then I have a chest of drawers, and then we have a nightstand, and in the process of setting all that up, our room was like, and if the drawer was open, you couldn't get through, and you had, and like, and which was okay, I mean, we, it was, we were functioning like this, but we were getting around and um, passing each other, and just being like, hi, babe, you know, kind of thing, and, uh, but we did something uh, a few weeks back, and we said, what if we took our bed frame and what if we took our actual headboard out and our footboard on our bed out? I think that would give us some room. And, and then Tristan said, well, what if we rearrange and what if we position our bed different and we change it? We begin to calculate. We begin to look at this. We pulled out the measuring tape to see, you know, you try to calculate. Well, we'll gain 16 inches if we do this, you know, kind of situation. And call us weird. Okay, it's just the way we live. And we begin to rearrange our room and we took our our headboard and and our bed rails out and we moved our bed around and rearranged and, and now we have room 
Now we have room in our room, which is amazing, right? And I can't help but make the correlation between something like that and our hearts. Oftentimes in our hearts, we have so much clutter, so many things in our lives that God is doing this to get through our heart because things are there that don't belong there but today I want to encourage you to make room in your heart for God how many seen the show Hoarders and I think sometimes our hearts are kind of like that we have all this stuff and it's just piled up it's stuff we don't even use anymore but we're still carrying it around and it's and Jesus is in there, and he's just trying to get through all the mess and going, whoa, okay, right? And I'm saying this. Here's, here's what I'm saying. Is God trying to coexist in your heart with a house that looks like maybe something from hoarders? I know it's just simple today. It's all right. God's saying throw out the, the old junk in your heart this morning and make room for him. Genesis chapter 26, verse 17 says this. she has oh there it is okay I'm not seeing it back there so Isaac departed from there and encamped in the valley of uh, Gerar and settled there and Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham his father which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham so what happened there is Abraham had and his his servants had dug these wells and then when Abraham had, had died uh, Isaac was a little different character than Abraham, but when, when he died, the Philistines came back. The Philistines were, are always the enemy of the Israelites. And they came and just out of sheer meanness filled in the wells that Abraham had dug. That's kind of crazy, right? It says this, uh, Abraham, his father, uh, which the Philistines had stepped uh, after the death of Abraham. He gave them the names of the father had, his father had given them. Verse 19. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley, they found there a well of spring water. The herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. So he called the name of the well Esek, because they contended with him. Then they dug another well, and they quarreled over that also. He called this uh, its name Sitna. And he moved from there, and he dug another well, and did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth saying for now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land now here's my first point my first point you got to start somewhere you got to start somewhere in your heart and in your life now you might be in a place and you say man TJ you're talking about deep things you're talking about serving and all those things let me tell you what you have to start somewhere. If you're going to graduate high school, you're going to have to go to kindergarten. That's just the way it works. Okay? If you're going to retire, you're going to have to start a job somewhere. Right? Verse 18 says, And Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham his father, which the Philistines had, had stopped after the death of Abraham. And that's where Isaac started. I'm going to this land. I know my father had wells there. 
So I'm going to redig those wells. And I don't know if he, if he, you know, I was, I was trying to find out if he actually dug up the exact same wells. I don't know if he did or didn't. Scripture doesn't really say if he did those wells or just dug new wells and renamed them. It, it doesn't matter. But one thing we've got to know about Isaac is, unlike Abraham, Isaac is very meek in his nature. And I'll tell you why. Because I don't know if you remember the story between him and Ishmael. Uh, you know, Ishmael made fun of him and, and mocked him. And Isaac didn't, didn't really do anything about it. But Sarah did. Sarah st- stood up to uh, Ishmael and to Hagar and, and basically told Abraham, hey, they got to go. They got to get out of here. And if you know that story, you know what I'm talking about. But here's another reason I know that Isaac was very meek in his nature because he let his father lead him up a mountain and place him on a table to be sacrificed. He trusted his father. Now, now you don't know this, but or maybe you do know this, but most people believe that Isaac at that point was 30 years old. So probably, most likely, Isaac probably could have kicked the, his father's legs out from underneath him and took off running if he wanted to. But he didn't do that. So he's meek by nature. So he's there, and he's basically going to dig out the wells that his father Abraham had dug. And the Philistines had came and filled it, the wells. And it's kind of like, like as a parent when you do the dishes. As soon as you get the kitchen sink clean and the counter, everything put away. And then here comes Wyatt with the cereal bowl, right? Like, boop. Or me. To Tristan, I'll, I'll, I won't pick on Wyatt. I'm just, I already did. Sorry, buddy. But that's what the Philistines were doing there. So, you know, the wells were there. They were working. The definition of a well is an issue of water from the earth. It's a pool fed by a spring. Or number. Uh, the second definition is a pit or a hole sunk into the earth to reach a supply of water. And Jesus, time and time again, we know that he is... <laughs> calls himself the, I'm sorry, my mind just went blank. Forgive me for that. We see Jesus talking about being the water in in Scripture, right? And anyone who thirsts, come unto me, right? And oftentimes we have so much junk and sin and stuff in our life that we have not given room that he needs to work within us. Can Can I just say this? So the source of water was filled with dirt and would not benefit anyone. Let me ask you this. Is your source of water filled with dirt today? Have you allowed somebody to come back and backfill what God has promised you? What should be flowing torrents of water? I talked about this uh, in John just a few weeks ago. What should be flowing out of you? Is it not flowing because you've allowed somebody to backfill junk and it stopped you up? Look at your neighbor and say, are you clogged today? You can interpret that however you want. The work that Abraham had done was undone by the Philistines. And can I tell you this? 2020, the pandemic didn't undo God's promises for you. It seems that in 2020, the enemy began to throw dirt and dirt on the wells of believers' hearts and on churches and just said, oh, you're not going to occupy. You're not going to, there's not going to be torrents of life flowing out of you. And this is what I know is that the enemy wants to clog the flow of life in your heart. dreams from 2020 were covered up with the fears and lies and deceit, fear of your past mistakes or dirt that are stopping the flow of living water within you and keep you from starting to dig. 
we get paralyzed sometimes. I, this is crazy. Last night I was, I was going over this, and I found a sticky note. And I'm going to see if I can find it right now. I'm going to read it. I, I was going to put it in my sermon. forgot to put it in there. If it's in here. And I don't even know where I wrote this, but I put this in my Bible for this appointed day at some point because it says this. Don't let the pain of your past strike fear of your future because it will paralyze your present. I was like, well, man, Lord, you know how to speak to me. I don't know when I wrote that. I don't know where that came from, but it was in my Bible. And I say, thank you, God. That is a profound word for 2021. And maybe you believed the lie and you were deceived that God wasn't going to break you free from the things that were holding you back or clogging you up. And you know what? Can I tell you this? The devil works in dirt. He likes to throw dirt. But let me tell you how God works. When the devil's throwing dirt, God opens up. And if we're going to make room in 2021, we have to start somewhere. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, start somewhere. Second Kings 3, there's a story of Elisha. And Elisha's there with King Jehoshaphat and, and, and they, their need of water. And, and basically, uh, I, uh, Elisha does something amazing. He says, you know what, call for the, the musicians. And they begin to play, and as they begin to play... He begins to prophesy, and as he prophesies there, he begins to tell them, he said, this is what I need you guys to do. Get your shovels out, start digging ditches. Start digging ditches right here, right now. In faith, start digging ditches. But I need you to understand, don't be looking for the rain, don't be looking for the wind. Just dig ditches in faith. And it's funny, uh, in this story, it's amazing to me, um, verse 18 says this, and I like what Elisha says, he says, Hey, this is a simple matter for God, just so you guys know. This is easy for God. And what you're dealing with, can I tell you, it may feel like impossible to you, but it is simple for God. you got to remember who He is. Don't look for the rain, but in faith, look that the valley will be filled. And, and it says the next morning at the morning sacrifice, that water began to flow and it began to fill the ditches. And their animals were watered and they had water and they were able to sustain Start digging. Everyone look at your neighbors and say, start digging today. Start digging in worship. Start as we worship and we praise in this house. I start digging and say, God, get this out of my life. Here's the second point. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. Here's the second point. You got to start digging. You got to start somewhere. Number two, don't quit. Everyone say, don't quit. When I was growing up, my parents... If I started a sport, they never let me quit that sport. So if I started playing something, they said, if you start it, you will finish it, no matter what, no matter if you hate it. And, and, and one thing I learned in high school is guys would start sports, and then they would enjoy it for about a week, and then they would quit. They would walk off the, the field and stuff, and I was like, I never understood that. But my parents taught me something, and I love this word, stick to I don't know if that's a real word. It's my word. I don't know. But they taught me something that even when I hated it, number one, sometimes there were people depending on me. And if I signed up and said I was going to do it, that I was going to follow through with it. Babe Ruth said this, and I love this statement, the great philosopher Babe Ruth. That's a joke, okay. He said this, you just can't beat the person who never gives up. You just can't beat a person who never gives up. And as believers, if you just keep trying and you keep giving God a 100% and you keep reading your word and you keep 
following after him and you keep faithfully attending church and you keep faithfully growing in him, can I tell you something? The enemy looks at you and says, they are just relentless. They won't stop. Verse 19 says, but when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of spring water. So after digging up on, uh, digging up on one well, there was spring of water. Finally, God had given them success, right? That's what we say. But then there comes a dispute in 20. It says, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen saying, hey, this water is ours. Sounds like people in California. Hey, this water is ours. This is our right. Nick knows what I'm talking about. So he called the name of the well Esek because they contended with him. So they disputed with him. And on the brink of their blessing, look at this. On the brink of their blessing, this is, this is amazing to me. And on the brink of your blessing, there are people who want to kill your joy. They know you're almost there. You're like, oh, water's beginning to flow. And they look at you and they say, oh, no, 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 no. You're not worthy of that because I know your past. You remember when we used to, and, and I know that about you, and you failed there and there and there and there and there. How many people have ever met someone that's a killjoy that's just trying to destroy what God is doing? And God's doing something in your life, and you're just like, man, I just want to just accept this blessing from the Lord. And you're over here just arguing for no reason, dispute. Esek literally means dispute. When you're on the brink of a blessing and you've made room for God, from time to time there will be those who will dispute and say, hey, you don't deserve that blessing. And you know what I say to those people? Absolutely, I do not. But God is good. Amen. Verse 21 says this, then they dug another well and they quarreled over that also. So one well they quarreled over, they quarreled over the second. So he called its name Sitna. Okay, so this is where we are. We, we, we have this blessing, and then that person is a killjoy, and so we're like, okay. So we go over here, and we start digging another well, and then there's someone over here, and they're quarreling with us, and they're saying, hey, you know, and maybe we think, oh, I missed it here, so maybe this is it. This is the moment, right? And I begin to dig the next well, and then uh, we again, this is what happens. We make room in our lives and begin to remove layers of dirt that have stopped up our walk with God. And then comes another well, which is Sitna, which he names. And that literally means opposition. Let me tell you something. The enemy and the devil is in the opposition of you. And when you begin to dig a well, there are going to be people who are going to be a killjoy. And the enemy is going to be sitting there waiting for you when you're trying to get down to your blessing. And you're saying, God, I'm clearing these things out. He's going to say, nope. Sitna is related to the Hebrew word Satan. That's pretty amazing to me. The accuser of the brethren is always going to oppose you making room for God in your life. Let me tell you something. He's going to make it difficult. Why? He doesn't want to see you succeed. And this is what happens. It's the greatest... It's his greatest fear, the enemy, to understand and to know that true freedom comes from Jesus Christ. And he knows that. He knows that. He knows that. And he knows that if you get to that well source, guess what? He's undone. Can I tell you this? Many of you have had opportunity in your life that you, have you ever had an opportunity in your life that you just didn't make the right choice? Anybody? And you go back and you're 20 years later going, man, I, I wish I would have done that. Right? There, we all have those moments of regret. But have you had an opportunity? Uh, this is what some of you 
have uh, ran from the calling of God on your life and allowed the enemy to tell you to leave the wellspring and it's too hard and you should give up or you should do this, do what you want. But let me show you something. Look at this. This is just how good God is. Here's number three right here. Watch God make room. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, watch God make room. All right, I'm hurrying right here. Verse 22 says this. And he moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. Quarrel, quarrel, non-quarrel, okay? That's hard to say. So he called its name Rehoboth, saying, for now the Lord has made room for us. And I'm saying in 2021, Cornerstone Worship Center, God has made room for us. We're not going to quarrel with people. We're not going to quarrel with the devil. But you know what? We're going to stay at the wellspring and, that God has given us. And we're going to do And look at this. And we shall be fruitful in the land. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Look at this. If I would have been Isaac, I would have been frustrated. I would have said, you know what? We dug these wells up that the Philistines filled in and you're telling me I got to go and I'm tired and I don't want to dig another well because I've dug this well, I've dug this well and now we're digging this well. Let me tell you, he, he's very meek in his nature. But let me tell you this, Jesus would say this, blessed are the meek for they shall what? Inherit the, yeah, that's right, inherit the earth. God will give it to us, amen. See when we clear the clutter and continue to make room for God, wellspring begins to flow in the desert. Rehoboth, Rehoboth means to make room or to open space. And God is making streams in the desert. He's making space for you here at Cornerstone. God, in 2021, our hearts should be crying, Rehoboth, make room for you, Lord. Lord, make room in me, Lord. Isaiah 43, 19 says this, and I read it earlier. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Man, get your perceivers on. I perceive it, Lord. Say, I perceive it, Lord. Everyone say that. I'll make a way in the wilderness and, and rivers in the desert. I want to say to you today that God is doing a new thing. And what seemed impossible is going to be possible today. What seemed impossible in 2020 is going to be possible in 2021. You know why? Because I serve God. My hope is not in government. My hope is in God. And we say, Lord, can, can you just do this? Can, can, you, can you just bow your heads with me? And I say this, and this, if this is you, let it, let it reign true. We ask, Lord, to clear out resentment. <laughs> Lord, it, it clogs us up when we're, we're resentful. God, we ask you to clear out depression. God, we ask you to clear out anxiety. God, we ask you to clear out bitterness. God, we ask you to clear out lust in our lives. Take a shovel full of pride out, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to take out sin. And we make room for you, God. Jesus said in John 7, 38, just, just keep your heads bowed with me. He says this. Whoever believes in me, the scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. The King James says torrents. 
when we make room for God, we will be fruitful. A fruitful life is the evidence of an unplugged well. And here's, here's what I want to tell you. I want to talk to two groups as we give an altar call today. Number one, you may be in the place where you need to start digging. And maybe that's you. And maybe you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. I want to give you an invitation to know him today. And under the sound of my voice, you say, I feel the, I feel the unction of the Holy Spirit. felt the Holy Spirit in this service. If you want to know Jesus, I want to tell you, I already said it's the best decision you'll ever make. I want to give you that moment today with all heads bowed, all eyes closed. Anybody in the building, would you lift your hands and say, hey, I need to know Jesus as my personal Savior today. I want to give you that moment today as we just tarry and wait just a moment. Thank you. Thank you. Hand going up. Come on, anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Let's say this prayer today. Everyone just say this with me. Say, Lord, I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. Lord, I ask you to be the Lord over my life. Lord, that you, Lord, that I would believe in you. Lord, and I admit that I'm a sinner. God, and I confess my sins to you. I ask you to be Lord over my life. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise for those hands that were lifted today. Look at me real fast, church people. Look at me real fast. Second thing, second thing. This is for the second group, and I, I believe this is where we're going to talk. You may be tired. You may be weary. You may be tired because you felt like you've just been digging wells and you re-digging wells and you feel like the enemy just keeps backfilling that which you have gotten out you feel like it's counterintuitive can I tell you today keep digging keep digging keep digging keep digging when we do this watch God make room watch him make room If you're here and you're a church person, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just do this. If, if you say, hey, TJ, I'm, I'm weary. I feel like I've been digging. I feel like I've, I've, I've been trying. And it seems counterintuitive. The enemy's been attacking me and maybe people have been attacking me. But I want to be in that place where Isaac and his men were, where there was a well with no quarrel. And they begin to have life and water begin to flow at that point. And if that's you in your heart, you say, hey, I just... I just need some, some encouragement, some prayer today. Would you just lift your hand? Anybody in this building? I know, hands, uh, thank you, thank you. Hands are going up. Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. I, uh, the Holy Spirit's moving in this place today. He, he is really, really doing something amazing today. I'm sorry. We're going a little bit late, but we're going to make room for the Holy Spirit today, okay? We're going to make room for the Holy Spirit. This is what I want you to do. Come on, church, stand with me all across this building. We're going to make a declaration today uh, as the people of God. As we move into 2021, we already said, hey, Lord, we, we are going to make room. But today, Lord, we're going to start with, the, with me. We're going to start with our own selves. And we're going to say, hey, God, today I'm going to make room for you, Lord. It starts with me. Lord, it starts with me. I'm going to make room, Lord. Things that have been clogging me up that has kept the Spirit of God from flowing out of me. Some of you have giftings that are dormant because they're clogged up. Today is the day that God is going to release those things and you're going to move forth with power and might. I believe it in the mighty name of Jesus. Lift your hands with me all across this building. 
God, we make room for you today. God, we ask you, Lord, to clear out the wells. God, bring out the dirt. God, we come against the enemy. God, we say, get out of here. Stop filling up this well. You don't belong here. This is God's property. This does not belong to you in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we say to people, Lord, who are been killjoys, God, we're not going to give them the time of day anymore because we got to believe what your word says and we're going to stop believing what man says. God, we trust in you. Some trust in horses. Some trust in chariots. But I will trust in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on and give Jesus praise in the house. They're going to sing this song real fast. Come on, will you worship with this? I believe it. Come on, accept it today. Accept it today. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, let's worship him. Discouragement is gone. Depression is gone. Anxiety is gone. today. Thank you for your grace today. We covered a lot of ground today, but can I tell you something? Make room. Make room in your heart for God. Make room in your heart for God. 2021, begin to make room in your heart for God. And let that just settle in your heart. I want you to pray on that. I want you to seek God on that and say, God, how can I continue to make room in my heart? How can I continue to make room, Lord, in this place and in, in, in my ministry and what you've called me to do, God? God, we step into that, and in the mighty name of Jesus, we know we're going to be victorious. Amen. Do you believe that? We say, Lord, let it be so. Amen. Amen and amen. Can we give our pastor a round of applause? You know, I just, when, when I watched the passion come out of him and, and his desire to follow Christ and lead this church, I am just, I'm just awed by him. And yes, I caught him here at 11 o'clock last night seeking the Lord. And that's the pastor that we have that uh, just has such a heart to please God. We're just so thankful for him and his family here and, and what they've done for Cornerstone already and, and preparing us for what we're going to do in 2021. Just a few announcements. Uh, as TJ said earlier, if you're a guest with us today, we are so honored that you came out today to worship with us. In front of you, there's a Connect card. If you could fill that out and turn it in at the information desk, we've got a gift for you. And, and we just want to know how we can pray for you. And what have you got going on in your life that, that you need a partner with? We're here for you. Uh, and we just really appreciate that you came out today. For our tithings, if we can put the, the ways of tithing up on the screen, do we have that? I know 
Tristan's done an amazing job setting this up for us and making it so easy that we just want to make sure that uh, that we're giving back to God and just making sure that we are honoring Him and all the things that He has blessed us with. Just a few announcements. We've got this week Beyond the Brokenhearted Grief Group meets here Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Healing Hearts meets Thursday at 7 p.m. And then all donations for the Kid Rocks Delivering Hope Project are due next Sunday by February 7th. So the ladies that came and spoke to us a few weeks ago uh, that's going to help with the young women that are, that are dealing with pregnancies and things, you can donate to them the diapers and all the needs that they have. And then don't forget, on the 28th, we have got a baptism. So if you've never been baptized before, or if you just want to rededicate your life to Christ, sign up at the information desk, and uh, we'll get you signed up for that on February 28th. And then one more announcement. Uh, Brother David Bush wanted me to let you know that the Derby this year will be virtual due to COVID restrictions. So the cars will still be in Indy. You'll be able to go in, I think he said, on Facebook, and you'll be able to participate in the race. And today is the last day for that workshop. So uh, if you haven't already gotten in with that, just see David Bush, and we'll get you taken care of. That's all we got. Have a great day. Thank you.